0: Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Monday, June 28th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's prices. At number one, BTC is at $34,365 and up 4.72%. Ethereum at number two, $1,971, up 5.67%. Tether at number three, $1. Binance coin number four, $287.43, up 1.02%. Cardano at number 5, $1.32, up 2.37%. Dogecoin at number 6, $0.25, up 3.52%. XRP at number 7, $0.64, up 2.70%. USD coin, number 1, $1. Polkadot at number 9, $15.03, up 1.56%. And rounding out at number ten, Binance USD one dollar. Let's take a look at the crypto fear and greed index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So today is extreme fear at twenty five. Yesterday was again extreme fear at twenty two last week extreme fear at 23 and last month extreme fear at 18 so pretty much extreme fear all across the board all right uh before we take a look at the table of contents i just want to say thank you to all my subscribers and watchers and listeners um we've been at two weeks so far so please continue with the support please like share and subscribe if you can please comment about whatever uh feedback or news you'd like to hear more about and again Thank you so much for all the love and support. Thank you. All right. uh, Let's take a look at the table of contents. We have about five articles today. Article number one is Analyst on Bitcoin's Price. This movement is coming over the next few weeks. Article number two, four ways investors use support and resistance levels to make better trades. Article number three, Bitcoin ran into two headwinds, which was arguably healthy. Here's the what and the impact. Article 4, Britain bans Binance UK Ops in Latest Cryptocurrency Crackdown. And last, the main topic for today is the best cryptocurrency wallets, desktop, mobile, and hardware options compared. All right, let's get to it. Article number one, analysts on Bitcoin's price. This movement is coming over the next few weeks. So Bitcoin, the largest cryptocurrency's bloodshed, adds created a sense of panic in the market. Consider this. A few days ago, Bitcoin dropped below the long held support at 30,000 US, ergo hitting the lowest level since January 28th. At the time of writing, the coin was trading below the 34K mark. After witnessing this incline, one might point at BTC's reversal signals. Also, factors such as long term holders, as well as large institutional whales, play their part in market movement. But what about the reason behind Bitcoin's downtrend? These were some of the topics for discussion in the recent Unchained podcast with this technical analyst, Will Clement. Will Clement, author of the BTC by WC3 newsletter, while speaking during the podcast, was quick to acknowledge his thoughts on BTC's current price trajectory. According to his analysts, BTC's recent dip was directly linked to short-term holders selling their holdings. Although recently, this was offset by long-term holders' buying, this was one of the reasons why he wasn't concerned about the current bear market. He saw the market in a mid-cycle consolidation period, even though, according to traditional finance, it would project it as a bearish track with price dipping below 50%. But a similar trend was observed in 2013 as well, soon after which BTC plunged, he stated. Quote, Bitcoin is deeply undervalued in the eyes of experienced market participants, and they are starting to buy discounted BTC. When you're in an asset like this, you should watch the people that have been in the market for a long time. This is showing an aggregate that the people that have been in the market the longest are buying right now very heavily. He reiterated that Bitcoin is still in the middle of a bull market as long as long-term investors continue to scale in the top crypto asset. Recent updates have catalyzed uh, Bitcoin's downtrend. Factors such as Grayscale's recent sell-off fueled BTC's price decline. According to Bybit Analytics website, GBTC keeps trading at a discount of 12.7%. Grayscale Bitcoin trust inflows remain negative. BTC showing reversal signals. During the interview, Clement highlighted a few metrics to showcase a strong reversal in the coming weeks. Using the aforementioned metric, he added, quote, There is a clear bullish divergence in the ratio, with a lower low made in price and a higher high in the ratio. A.K.A. strong hands are increasingly buying as the price is going down. Number two, another bullish divergence, S.O.P.R. The metric showcased a higher high in the ratio where there's a lower lower in price. Furthermore, it had painted a similar picture in late January. The analyst added, quote, the last time there was a bull div this clear was in late January when the price went on a strong rally following. Lastly, looking at a long-term holders, he added, there's water spilled all over the table. We use a piece of cloth paper towels to wipe down the spillage. These hands, the strong hands are the long-term holders to clean the bloodshed. To conclude his analysis of the on-chain fundamentals, the analysts added, these metrics may not predict immediate next few days price action but i highly suspect a reversal in coming over the next few weeks so there you guys have it analyst on bitcoin's price this movement is coming over the next few weeks what do you think is it going to go upwards or downwards comment down below what you think is going to happen article number two four ways investors use support and resistance levels to make better trades Properly identifying support and resistance levels can be the difference between a winning trade and a significant losses. So trading should be a simple process of buying low and selling high. But for many investors, the process is more akin to rocket science. One of the most basic and easy to understand strategies that can help accomplish this is to identify an asset support and resistance levels. Once traders can spot the support and resistance levels, they can improve their entry and exit timing in the market. Support and resistance are also helpful during bullish, bearish, and range-bound markets. Let's take a moment to understand the basics. What are supports? Support is formed at a level where demand from the buyers absorbs the supply from sellers, preventing the price from declining further. At this level, the bullish traders are inclined to buy as they believe the price is attractive enough and may not decline further. On the other hand, the bear stops selling because they believe the market has fallen enough and may be due for a rebound. When both these situations occur, a support is formed. The above chart is a good example of a strong support. Every time EOS drops to the $2.33 level, buyers emerge and the selling reduces. This causes demand to exceed supply, resulting in a rebound. Although horizontal supports are considered to be more reliable, they are not the only way supports are formed. During uptrends, treadlines act as supports. So Litecoin started its bull run in December of 2020. Thereafter, the price rebounded off the treadline on several occasions. This happened because when the price neared the treadline, the bulls purchased, believing that LTC-USDT pair had reached attractive levels to buy. At the time, counter-trend traders stopped selling, assuming that the near-term may be oversold. Both these occurring at the same time caused the correlation and correction to end and the uptrend to resume. So what are the resistance levels? Well, resistance can be considered as the opposite of support because it is the level where supply exceeds demand halting the up move. The resistance is reformed when buyers who have purchased at lower levels start to book profits and aggressive bears start shorting as they believe the rally is extended and ready for a pullback. When supply exceeds demand, the rally stalls and reverses. The support or resistance does not need to be a single level. The above chart shows how the area between 10,500 to 11,000 acted as the resistance zone. Whenever the price reached the zone, short-term traders booked profits and aggressive bear shorted the BTC-USDT pair. Between 2019 of August and July 2020, the pair turned down from the resistance zone on five occasions. Similar to support, the resistance line or zone does not always need to be horizontal. During the decline from May 6, 2018 to July 4, 2018, Ether rallied to the resistance line, also called the downtrend line, but turned down from there. This is because traders who had a bearish outlook used their rallies to initiate fresh short positions as they anticipated lower levels. At the same time, aggressive bulls who purchased on sharp dips closed their positions near the resistance line. Hence the line acted as a wall and the price turned down from it. So, the identifying support and resistance during consolidation phases. Let's take a look. When the support and resistance are clearly defined as in the EOS-USD pair above, traders can buy on a rebound off the support and wait for the price to rally near the resistance to close the position. The stop loss for the trade can be kept just below the support of the range. Several times, professional traders may try to hunt these stops by pulling the price below the support of the range. Therefore, traders may buy on the way up and also wait for the price to close decisively below the support before dumping their positions. Trading supports in an uptrend. Next one. When an asset takes support on an uptrend line three times, traders may expect the line to hold. Hence, long positions can be taken on a bounce off the uptrend line. The stops for the trade can be kept just below the trend line. However, in an uptrend, the break below the trend line does not necessarily mean that the trend has reversed. Many times the trend just takes a break before resuming again. As seen in the chart above, the ETH pair took support on the uptrend line on several occasions. However, when the pair broke below the uptrend line, it did not start a downtrend. Then price consolidated in a range for a few days before resuming the up move. Traders may close their long positions if the price dips and sustains below the uptrend line, but new short positions should be avoided. If the price resumes its uptrend after consolidation, traders may again look for buying opportunities. Resistance flips to support. When the price breaks out of resistance, the bulls try to flip the previous resistance into support. If that happens, a new uptrend begins or resumes. If this happens several times, it may offer a good buying opportunity. Bitcoin was stuck between the $10,500 to $11,000 zone from August 2019 to July 2020. After the breakout from the resistance zone, the price again dropped below $10,500 but the bulls bought the dip aggressively, flipping the level into support. This offered a good buying opportunity to traders as the new uptrend was just getting started. So last one, support flips to resistance. Well, Polkadot's DOT chart above shows how the zone between $28.90 to $26.50 was acting as a support zone from February 14 to May 18 of this year. However, once the bears pulled the price below the support zone, the zone flipped over into resistance and has not allowed the price to break above it since then. This is an instance where a support zone turned into a resistance. So, what are the key takeaways? First, while analyzing any coin, traders must look for support and resistance levels as they can act as good entry and exit opportunities. In an uptrend, traders should look to buy at support levels and in a downtrend, traders should look to short at the resistance line. Support and resistance levels are not set in stone and professional traders will try to hunt for stop orders. Hence, traders should keep the stops such that they do not get run down by the market makers. So there you guys have it. These are four ways investors use support and resistance levels to make better trades. What do you think about these ways? Do you think they're pretty valid or do you follow something else? Comment down below. And please remember, this is a disclaimer. These are not financial advice. So please take these advice as a grain of salt. And please remember, do your own research. All right, let's look at Article 3. Bitcoin ran into two headwinds which was arguably healthy. Here's what the impact has on it. Here, the ongoing market frenzy in the cryptocurrency market received mixed reactions from the crypto community itself. While many skeptics deemed that the crypto bubble would soon burst, other proponents remain undeterred with the long-term price projections of the king coin. The crypto market has suffered few corrections in the past. This time was no different. Bitcoin was trading just above 30k mark, whereas ETH was valued around $1,700. The community can stop attributing different reasons for the current downtrend. It's important to acknowledge this fact. Things haven't been the same after recent energy FUD as well as China's crackdown on Bitcoin mining. The main question now is about how the future of cryptocurrency in the short term would look like. Ryan Selkis founder and CEO of Misari, remained positive about the market. He tweets, One, I've never been more excited for the future of crypto than I am right now. Q2 has been a bit of a show, but that doesn't take away most of the progress that's been made. So the second quarter mainly saw two events that directly affected Bitcoin as well as other crypto coins. Selki stated it as, Bitcoin ran into two headwinds that were arguably healthy. This is actually good news. One, the ESG stonewall. Two, China bans Bitcoin. Both were meaningful, de-risking events for the entire ecosystem, and we made it through unscathed. These events did affect the market on a massive scale. The energy debate was bought into the spotlight after Tesla's Elon Musk tweeted about it, while the Chinese crackdown on mining has affected Bitcoin's hash rate. Bitcoin saw an abrupt decline in price and an increase in selling pressure across different exchanges following this news. Cryptoskeptic Peter Schiff had this to say on the same. Pumpers who were assured investors Bitcoin would never crash again now claim the crash is healthy and necessary to purge the market of excess speculation. They say China banning Bitcoin as other governments impose stricter regulations is bullish. The Nile ain't just a river in Egypt. In a series of tweets, Selkies addressed the different narratives to counter the two headwinds mentioned. He stated, First on China. Others have covered this, but the China ban has been a long-standing source of FUD. In reality, everything we expected to happen in an actual ban played out. A. Temporary selling headwinds. B. Migration of mining capacity. C. Reduced geopolitical risks. On the topic of sustainable mining, he added, ESG risk associated with Bitcoin's mining's associated environmental costs, this was a much bigger risk to a continued adoption than China's warm embrace, which was never, ever going to happen. And ironically, the China ban helped mitigate ESG risk. As covered before, this is a paradigm shift in the mining industry, moving away from China to other parts of the globe, mainly North America. This was acknowledged in one of his tweets as well. It read, quote, Since some of the dirtiest mining was happening within Chinese borders, as mining capacity migrated outside of the Great Wall, it got almost immediately cleaner. That, plus the PR push we'll see from the Western miners in the coming months, will reverse the Q2 ESG hiccup. With Bitcoin mining moving towards the West, Salkis noted that, A greener crypto mining industry with the said geographical shift, the exodus could be a positive step towards reducing Bitcoin's carbon footprint. This could also result in improved mining decentralization, with China accounting for more than 50% of BTC mining. Until now, the shift in the long-term increased decentralization promises to make the Bitcoin network less vulnerable to the rules and regulations of any single country. So the concerns, one could look at the given facts above as a long-term effect, but what about the short-term? With the current Bitcoin price action, well, the market bounce within the said period, with BTC declining, alts follow the same path. Selkies tweeted, as, bit, as Bitcoin goes, so goes the market in the short-term. Here's another analyst, Phil Bilb, reiterating, if Bitcoin were to fall lower, losing another 30%, worst case, I'd expect alts to correct to do 2x worse from here. So, quick point to note on alts, if not already apparent. As a reminder, alts exploded while BTC was ranging from 50K to 60K. So if you can look here, alts therefore carrying significantly more downside risk than Bitcoin with Bitcoin threatening lows. So there you guys have it. Bitcoin ran into two headwinds, which was arguably healthy. Here's the what and the impact. What do you think about it? Do you think it was good that Bitcoin went down? Let me know and comment down below. All right. Uh, before we head into the next article, I just want to take the time to say thank you again. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to me on YouTube, please do so. And if you are more of a listener, you can catch me on Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast google podcast and if you'd like please subscribe please comment and give a comment and feedback on the podcast it does help the algorithm as well so thank you very much all right let's move on to article four britain bans finance uk ops in latest cryptocurrency crackdown so london Britain's financial regulator has said Binance, one of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges, cannot conduct any regulated activity and issued a warning to consumers about the platform, which is coming under growing scrutiny globally. In a notice dated June 25th, the Financial Conduct Authority, FCA, said Binance Markets Limited, Binance's only regulated UK entity, must not, without the prior consent of the FCA, carry out any regulated activities with immediate effect it also issued a warning to consumers about binance markets and the wider binance group binance said in a statement that binance markets which it acquired in 2020 was not yet using its regulatory permissions and that the fca's move would not impact services offered on its binance.com website We take a collaborative approach in working with regulators, and we take our compliance obligations very seriously. We are actively keeping abreast of changing policies, rules, and laws in this new space, a spokesperson said. Binance announced in June last year that it had bought an FCA-regulated entity and would use it to offer cryptocurrency trading services using pounds and euros. Authorization. While trading of cryptocurrencies is not directly regulated in Bitcoin and Britain, offering services such as trading in cryptocurrency derivatives does require authorization. The FCA has told Binance that by June 30, it may and must display a notice stating Binance Markets Limited is not permitted to undertake any regulated activity in the UK on its website and social media channels. It must also secure all (coughs) and preserve all records relating to UK consumers and inform the FCA this has been done by July 2nd. The regulator did not explain why it had taken these measures. British citizens will still be able to access Binance's services in other jurisdictions. The FCA is stepping up its oversight of cryptocurrency trading, which has soared in popularity in Britain, along with other countries around the globe. Since January, the FCA has required all firms offering cryptocurrency-related services to register and show they comply with anti-money laundering rules. However, earlier this month, it said that it just had five firms had registered and that the majority were not yet compliant. Japan's regulator said on June 25th that Binance was operating in the country illegally, and notice posted on Japan's Financial Service Agency website showed. Last month, Bloomberg reported that officials from the U.S. Justice Department and Internal Revenue Services who probe money laundering and tax offenses had sought information from individuals with insight into Binance's business. In April, Germany's financial regulator, Baffin, said that exchange risk being fined for offering digital tokens without an investor's prospectus. So what do you think about Britain bans Binance UK Ops in latest cryptocurrency crackdown? We saw uh, yesterday that Ontario, Canada also banned Binance. Which country do you think is going to ban Binance next? Comment down below. All right, let's move on to our main topic today. The best cryptocurrency wallets, desktop, mobile, and hardware options compared. Looking to keep your cryptocurrency secure, you need a cryptocurrency wallet. So let's take a look. <clears throat> Whether you're just getting started with cryptocurrencies or have already accumulated a few different tokens, your choice of a digital wallet can have an outsized impact on the long term security of your assets. Cryptocurrency wallets or a dime a dozen these days, each with its own strengths and weaknesses. Before understanding which wallet is right for you, here's why you should consider getting one in the first place. Why use a private cryptocurrency wallet? Unlike most other asset classes, cryptocurrency was designed to be held by individuals rather than large businesses and corporations. In other words, you can take full custody of your digital tokens, eliminating any dependence on third parties or middlemen. This is perhaps unsurprising since the cryptocurrency movement was originally built upon the idea of the decentralization of wealth. However, there are also pragmatic reasons as to why you should hold your cryptocurrency wealth in a private wallet. Since Bitcoin's inception in 2009, digital currency exchanges have been relentlessly targeted by hackers and other malicious actors. Until recently, these entities were largely unregulated and offered little protection to their users. Lackluster security practices and hacks were reportedly responsible for around $4 billion worth of cryptocurrency losses in 2019 alone. Withdrawing your cryptocurrency from an exchange makes you a significantly less lucrative target. Furthermore, with an offline paper wallet, you can even make it impossible for attackers to see your cryptocurrency wealth, let alone gain access to it. So which cryptocurrency wallets are the best? Well, let's take a look. Desktop cryptocurrency wallets number one, Electrum. Electrum is your best bet if you're looking for a Bitcoin-only wallet on your desktop computer. First released in 2011, it is perhaps the single most popular wallet among enthusiasts. There are several reasons for this, including the fact that Electrum is completely open source and offers many features. Electrum offers impressively security features including support for passphrases, multi-signature wallets, and two-factor authentication, among others. Variants or folks of Electrum also exist in case you need to store some Litecoin or Dash as well. Electrum's only downside is that its interface can come across as a bit utilitarian, especially if you've never used another wallet before. Two, Wasabi Wallet. If user friendliness is a requirement, Wasabi Wallet is another free and open source Bitcoin wallet application for the desktop. It supports many of the same features that make Electrum our top pick. Three, MetaMask. For Ethereum, the closest analog to the aforementioned wallets would be MetaMask. Unlike Electrum and Wasabi, though, MetaMask is not a downloadable wallet application. Instead, you interact with your wallet via a browser extension. The advantage of this approach is that MetaMask can be used on just about any modern device with a web browser, including a Chromebook. MetaMask also includes native support for tokens built on top of the Ethereum blockchain. So you can use the same wallet to store hundreds of other assets. Many popular tokens fit this criteria, including Chainlink, Uniswap, VChain, and USD Coin, to name a few. So honorable mentions, if you're looking for an even wider range of supported cryptocurrencies, you will have to trade security for convenience. Wallets such as Jax and Exodus can store dozens of tokens simultaneously and do not come with a price tag but are not open source and have limited functionality in some cases. Having said that, they do boast superior user interfaces and design, making navigation easier if you're a cryptocurrency beginner. Next, mobile cryptocurrency wallets. So number one, Samurai Wallet. Samurai Wallet is a relatively new but completely open-source mobile app that has gained popularity in the Bitcoin community over the past few years. Like Electrum on desktop, it is extremely feature-rich, including unique privacy-centric functions such as CoinJoin. 2. Coinbase Wallet So 3. Ethereum Wallets, Metamask, and My Ether Wallet Choices for Ethereum wallets on mobile are equally as plentiful. MetaMask and My Ether wallet are well-known open-source wallets you can find on both Android and iOS. However, if you don't need your wallet to be open-source, Coinbase Wallet may be worth considering. While it lacks some more advanced features found in Electrum and MetaMask, it offers a middle ground between convenience and security. As for security, it is perhaps the only mobile wallet owned and developed by a listed American company. You do not have to be a Coinbase user to download and use this app, but if you are, the wallet can also be linked to your account for easier transfers. The app creates a unique wallet when you set it up, so even if Coinbase goes under, your tokens will remain unaffected. Hardware wallets. Trezor versus Ledger. Trezor and Ledger are the de facto hardware wallet manufacturers in the cryptocurrency industry, and for good reason. Both have been around for several years and have weathered multiple exploit attempts successfully. To date, neither company's products have suffered from a critical security flaw. The Ledger Nano S and Trezor One has both priced roughly at the same at $60, offer the cheapest entry points into the world of hardware wallets. They each offer significantly superior asset security since your cryptocurrency is fully isolated from vulnerable devices such as your phone, desktop, or laptop. The risk of losing the device aside, there's no safer way to hold cryptocurrency than owning one of these wallets. Support for cryptocurrency tokens varies from device to device. So be sure to check out the manufacturer's page for more information. Whichever device you choose, though, the chances are it would be hold dozens of tokens, more than any desktop or mobile wallet application can achieve. So securing your wallet. Regardless of the platform your wallet lives on, desktop, mobile, or discrete hardware, the responsibility of securing your wealth lies solely with you. To ensure that your cryptocurrency stays safe, ensure that you back up your wallet's recovery phrase or seed words. This way, you can restore your wallet on a different device, even in the event of a theft or loss. Furthermore, if your wallet supports it, consider turning on two-factor authentication and other security features. Nearly 20% of all Bitcoin, roughly $200 billion, is estimated to be lost forever due to lost passwords, keys, or recovery seeds. As the enthusiast community has proclaimed for nearly a decade, not your keys, not your crypto. So there you guys have it. The best cryptocurrency wallets, desktop, mobile, and hardware wallets options compared. Comment down below, which one do you use? Are you still keeping your cryptocurrency on an exchange? Or do you have it on a desktop, mobile, or hardware wallet? I'd like to know and comment down below. All right, let's take a look again at our cryptocurrency prices. At number one, we got BTC at $34,596. Ethereum at number two, $1,980. Tether at number three, $1. Binance coin number four, $287.93. Cardano at number five, $1.32. Dogecoin number six, 25 cents. XRP number seven, 64 cents. USD coin at number eight, $1. Polkadot at number nine, $15.02. And rounding out at number 10, Binance USD, $1. So there you guys have it. Thank you again. If you made it this far into Dave's Daily Crypto Take, uh, please subscribe, share, like, do all that you can to help support me and the channel. And if you are listening on podcasts, again, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, you can use it on Android or iOS. So I hope you have a lovely day and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.